1: Hello and welcome to our third preseason episode of 2018, our Eastern Conference Preview. Tonight's patriotic episode is brought to you by Washington and Lincoln, forever on our coins and not on our garber bucks. Uh, wait, no. Um, actually, well, maybe that is true. Uh, actually, this is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic Reddit community of R slash fantasy. MLS. I'm your host Reed Connolly from MLS fantasy and tonight I'm joined by usual co-host Michael Denton and our special guests Eastern Conference experts Tim Shaw and Parker Cleveland. Hey guys.
0: Hello there.
3: Hey guys. Thanks for having us on.
0: in.
1: I uh, guess we actually have three Eastern Conference experts on the show tonight. Uh, Thanks to Mike being here. And this just in, I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it to the show, but we are also going to have our other usual co-host, Blaine Riffle, with us. Joining in late. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? <sighs> <laughs> That's
0: right. I mean, Blaine's not an Easter Whoa. Conference expert, but I'm pretty sure Lou, uh, Lily is. So. Ah, there we go. She's probably better than me, to be honest.
1: I think Blaine <laughs> popped up here on the screen. He was—he's like one of those substitutes that happen as you're getting ready during warmups, and just like all of a sudden <laughs> it pops on your field, and you're like, "That guy was not in the
2: starting XI graphic. What happened here?"
0: So he's—is he, he from Dallas? What's going on?
2: <laughs> Eastern Conference, Mike. Stay on the Eastern side.
0: <laughs> well, you're the Western Conference guy, so I don't know what's going on.
2: <laughs> he rolls in like
3: the Fonz, you know? Hey, right? Yes. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Half our
1: audience is like, what? The other half is like, it's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, Mindy was on there, too. Um, oh. oh, let's just keep going. Uh, so, Blaine and Mike, you guys were here last <laughs> week. We were talking about how some of these new changes just came out. Uh, it's been a week to absorb these. But I really want to hear from Parker and Tim just your early first impressions about uh, this this new 2018 redo of the fantasy game, Parker. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think overall it looks pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm generally positive, kind of about you know the the changes with the um, the rosters locking, you know, kickoff and the new switcheroo format. Um, I am though uh, annoyed that I can't plug in players when I'm over budget just to kind of see what my team would look like and what kind of math i need to do to kind of move things around um and then you know shading out the players uh when my positions are full is also kind of kind of uh just another thing to get used to but i am um deeply annoyed in the range in prices uh like let's get back to that old style where it was every 0.5 or something so i don't have to pick through like 30 players to who i want um (laughs) but um you know in general get off alexi's lawn i guess i don't know um, there's yeah. nothing that I'm going to quit playing the game for. I think it's fine, but it's kind of like when your team unveils like a new uniform; it just looks kind of bad. So, must be how like FC Dallas fans feel.
3: Oh yeah, that was
4: <laughs> that was rough with Phil last week. Just
1: just to clarify, with those price ranges, you mean the filters, not not the actual prices of the players?
3: Yeah, the filters. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah, like, I can get that easily. Yeah.
4: Yeah. How
3: about you, Tim. First thoughts? Yeah, I'm generally positive. Um, you know, I think the new UI is, is great. Um, you know, there's going to be a couple of hiccups here and there, but it seems like they have a dedicated team working on it. I mean, we saw how many changes went through between the soft open and the official open, right? So Mm -hmm. it seems like there's going to be a lot of work going on there. Um, I think that it'll be very interesting to see what the app ends up looking like. If they do get the standalone app up and running, it would be great if they would let us know, Hey, push notification comes in. Oh, so-and-so isn't in the starting lineup or so-and-so isn't in the 18, similar to, you know, the other fantasy apps that you might play. And if we can get those, it'll make it a lot easier to deal with the rolling substitution or the rolling transfers that we can make based on each team's starting time. Because as you know, unlike football, the MLS will have, could have up to 11 different start times in a (laughs) particular game week. So, you know it's. It could be a little bit tricky, but I, I do like the auto-roo as well. I mean, you know, triple-roo. It's finally happening. Jay, where are you? There is, I, I, I need, need to roo-roo. celebrate with somebody here. The keeper-roo. Well, I mean, you
0: can celebrate with me, the the now the official inventor of, of the triple-switch-roo, which I think even Jason has acknowledged now. There you go, um, yeah. Actually, and, and, he has. It yeah. really makes him mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as our good friend Andrew Crawlater has pointed out, you can get a keeper-roo in there as well and actually just get all four of them swapped out. Take some micromanagement. But, you know, both of you guys mentioned that. We're talking about some of this micromanagement right now. Uh, we had a question or, or a comment, not not really a question, a comment from Reddit that I want to get your guys' just thoughts on. Mike, can you read that for us?
0: Sure. Um, Giuseppe Beer uh, asks, or more says, I am not liking the subs anytime rule change. Does it favor the hardcore fan unfairly versus the casual?
1: That's a summary of what he said, just a gist of
3: it. But what, what do you guys think about that? Anybody? I'll jump in here first. Um, you know, does it favor the hardcore fan unfairly? It may a little bit. I mean, the good thing about you—that's a little bit negated by the auto rule, where if you know you're not going to be able to have enough time to be just paying attention all weekend, if you got things going on, not a big deal with the auto rule. Unless one of your players is actually coming off the bench, then that kind of sucks, right? But it, I think it will. There will be a little bit of benefit for the hardcore player, but it's not an insurmountable thing especially if you're a hardcore player but you're gonna be off in the woods all weekend like i was last year there you go (laughs) it's gonna work out perfectly for me i don't know what do you think parker yeah i think that
4: it definitely if if you really want to plan it out like and you're really obsessive about the game like you can definitely use it to your advantage a little bit more but i do also think that it's gonna help kind of keep like your casual fan who you know looks at his uh, his phone at one o'clock on Saturday for that early game and realize they didn't make transfers, you know, stay more engaged. So I, I kind of see it both ways. Um, and I mean, in general, I like it. So
3: <clears throat> yeah, I'm a
4: fan of it too. I am. I think he's right. Uh, there will
1: be people who just min max the, the crap out of this game. There'll be, They'll wait to see what that scrub bench player does, and then they'll go back to the transfer market and sub in a guy who, who's not going to play to get those those extra bonus points. They'll they'll see if the keeper's going to do well and do a keeper trade to get that keeper room going. But I, I think the pairing this change with improving the overall look and making it more mobile friendly, and as we know, there's a new app coming out. So with hope, there's some better integration in that as well. I think that lessens this blow. Because it does give you kind of like you were saying, it does give you that chance where, oh hey, it's one o'clock. I know I know another game's gonna start, and oh oh wait a minute, uh, Kaku's not playing. That that's crazy. Maybe I'll go in there and swap that real quick with my fantasy team. Because and I can do that, and I don't have to worry necessarily about oh wow that that interface is awful. Can I even make that? The, I can't drag this player. So uh, I think he's right. I mean there there will be people like you were saying, Parker. People will do it, but I'm hoping some of the other changes make it easier for even the casual fan to to do some of that more quote-unquote hardcore behavior.
0: And it's worth pointing out that, you know, in order to stay ahead of the game before you really had to be knowledgeable about the information, which was very difficult to get for a casual player. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in in some cases, not even get it to all. So, uh, you know, I don't think the situation that we had last year was all that favorable where, you know, now all of a sudden you have to be hardcore in order to succeed. Um, I, I think some of the concerns that people are having with all the switcheroos and all these min-maxing, I, I think is a little bit countered by the way the budget is. Uh, I mean, at least of the way it's starting off, I mean, you know, the budget is very tight. I don't think a whole lot of people are going to be able to do it. Like, I try to kind of put players on my bench. I couldn't find the money to, to do it, at least, you know, starting off. Uh, I'm sure as, you know, prices are salary caps rise and we find out who the budget players are that'll change a little bit and you can have a little bit more freedom but at least to start off i don't think it's like super crazy for you know a casual fan versus a hardcore fan i mean no matter what game you have a hardcore player is going to have more success than a casual player there's just no way that's ever going to change so um, I mean, it allows more play options for a hardcore player, but I think it does help the casual fan who's not going to be up to date with injury status, who may forget, you know, oh, there's a Wednesday kickoff time for a double game week, and they can at least salvage something. Um, I do want to talk about the the app, because it seems to me like the whole user interface, you know, when I was kind of going over this week and using desktop, is really all geared towards whatever this app is. So. I think it's very incomplete as to whether the interface is good. I mean, one thing we haven't mentioned, there's no schedule on the page, although there's a link to a schedule maybe in the future. Um, I don't know if that'll be on the app or not. There's no pitch view on mobile. The whole gray shading thing annoys the bejesus out of me. So it's really incomplete until we get the mobile app. So I am I mean, right now I'm kind of negative on the visual changes, but – I'll hopefully the the app will will impress me because I mean it's pretty clear like they're going all in on the app. They want the mobile experience to be better because the experience on desktop is like so much worse.
1: <laughs> and we and we have and we have confirmed that there will be a pitch view a field view on the yeah. mobile app when that one does get uh, updated completely. So um, just going to throw that out there in case you didn't miss in case you missed last <laughs> week's episode. There there will be uh, that pitch view
3: for for the final rollout of that and uh, i would say uh, just make sure you send in feedback to listeners you yeah, know yeah. In, a, in a very positive friendly polite way you know feel free to send in feedback to mls fantasy and let them know what you think i mean these guys you know developers in general are always have room for <coughs> improvements right so
2: uh, i can add on that uh ben is very quick to make changes when they're needed um, I found a pretty big bug-slash-exploit in the game last week. That yeah, why did you
0: tell him about that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: because, yeah, I probably shouldn't have, but before, no, like, midweek, you could save a team without a full roster. And so I was playing around with it, and I found out I could get all $100 million on the field with nobody on my bench and <laughs> save my team. So my team is still currently set up like that. I have Giovinco via... Nicholich, Vasquez, Valeri, Ladero, and Alessandrini up front. Like,
0: I hope they're just going to save that team and like leave it alone, and then just like, like start another uh, team, just to, like see what happens. <laughs> I am so
2: tempted just to see if they would score without a bench, but Ben fixed that, I think, within forty eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Got that taken care of, so. I thought it was a really cool feature that you could save your team without a full lineup out there. Just, oh, I know I want these seven guys, so let's put them there and I'll pick my other four later. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Why is yeah. that
0: and now, like uh, like Parker said, you can't even save or like put it over. You can't even like put it in. It's not m- much less save. You know, players over budget or anything like that, which I, I kind of found frustrating in building my yeah. team. Yeah,
2: that yeah, that is bothersome <laughs> as well. Yeah, I, I can <laughs> see that. That's
1: I I was uh, kind of taken aback by the shading. Some some of the shading. I'm like, oh, I wish I could kind of. Not didn't have to fade out like that, but, but yeah, no, I, I can. Get yeah, it and like it was that, frustrating
0: that right now like, in the shading. Like I could totally see that making sense on mobile, where you know you're you know oh crap you know this person's out. I got to make a transfer. You know the shading would really help in order to narrow down the players. But as far as like right now, what like you and I are doing, which is you know sitting through the entire league and scrolling and trying to figure <laughs> out who's at a good price point, it's really annoying. Um, I mean,
2: shade the shade the pictures if you have to. Leave the text bold where we yeah. can read it. I don't care if the face is faded out when I can't put him in my team. I just want to be able to read that text because that gray is almost impossible to read on the white background when it's faded. Yeah. Well,
1: let's move Um, on. Uh, We talked to Mike and Blaine last week with their favorite changes. Parker, Tim, just real quick, what's your one favorite change of everything that's happened so far?
3: Tim. I think I like the rolling transfers, man. I mean, no worse feeling in the world, I'm sure, than to log in five minutes late before the first match of the week. (laughs) So. You know, if you miss the one match, you know, it's like missing Thursday night for uh, NFL, right? Like, it's not the worst thing in the world. Parker?
4: Yeah, I I like the new switcheroo format. You know, I kind of think that that's going to be pretty pretty fun and kind of help you get the most out of that without having to micromanage your team so much. Yeah, definitely. I I love both of those changes.
1: Uh, The last thing I'll add before we move on to our Eastern Conference preview, which is why you guys are here tonight, uh, is – one thing Giuseppe beer that I'll I'll mention in response to your question. And as anyone who feels this way in general is you don't have to play this game for the season long version, the the two halves this year, Um, get your friends involved, have a head to head league. You can have up to 30 teams in that, have your own little small open league for each season and, and play it that way. Get your own wooden spoon, steal it from Andrew Weeby. whatever you want to do and, and give that as your prize. Don't, Uh, Make your rules. Tell your friends, hey, we we won't trade after this. Hey, we'll do our own draft. Get your own homebrew thing going. Uh, These little small leagues that pop up, I think, are really rewarding. It helps spread the game and just have more fun with your friends with that. I know we had a lot of fun last year with uh, the Patreon head-to-head group. Um, So I'm going to just plug the leagues then. MLS Fantasy Insider is going to have a uh, members-only league, and it's going to have an invitational league for some of our top donors and the pundits to come in and play right there. There will be prizes with that one. Uh, if you are a subscriber as low as the $1 level, you will be able to get access to that. Some of the levels have changed, so check that out at um, patreon.com mlsfi. Uh, and see what's going on there MLS fantasy boss has a couple of leagues up right now go check those out for the join codes over at the website and then r slash fantasy MLS also has a league that is going uh, at least two of these leagues are going to offer prizes guys so check it out and see and we'll just see what the funds look like uh, before we get started before we see if every league will have some prizes Mm -hmm. so get those small leagues going it'll be a lot of fun and post them over at r slash fantasy MLS if you are trying to get some more members
0: uh, before we get into the the previews, I want to talk briefly about something that's important to fantasy players but isn't directly to the game, uh, and that's the announcement MLS made with MLS Live. Um, MLS Live is no longer going to be there next year. Um, they're discontinuing the service, and instead it's ML- all out-of-market um, out games are going to be on ESPN. Uh, they're launching a new streaming service um, probably in a few months. Um, but it's actually going to be cheaper. It's only like five dollars a month, which is you know sixty dollars a year, as opposed to MLS Live, which is like eighty dollars a year. So if you know, you're like, well, I try to play fantasy, but it's hard because I can't watch all the games because it's not affordable because I don't want to drop like eighty dollars in March. It's actually going to be a better system. Moreover, the uh, ESPN service isn't ready yet, so you can act, MLS is actually going to be streaming them for free. So if it's out of market game, you're going to get them free for a month. Um, which is probably why they're holding off on redoing the app probably because they have to keep the MLS live part in this app and then they'll switch it off. So anyway, for, you know, for fantasy players, it's always important to watch the games. So it's actually going to be easier to do that next year. So I wanted to kind of give you all a heads up that that's going to be the situation. So yeah, games for free for a while. Yay. Yeah.
1: I know that's, That's awesome. I was, uh, I know Mike and I talked about part of the prizes for the season and game for that season for the first week challenge in each season is, uh, getting an MLS live subscription. Currently, I don't know what that means. If uh, you're just not going to get that as part (laughs) of the prize package, but I mean, you'll still get a $200 gift card for having the highest score in the first round. Um, or maybe they'll be able to throw in the ESPN network. So I don't know, but that'll definitely modify the prizes a little bit. Yep. Now, though, let's jump right into our Western Conference preview. We got a a late Reddit question. I'm going to throw in right now, um, partly because uh, it uh, relates to an article I have coming out for MLS on Tuesday. So tomorrow, if this drops tonight, today, if it's dropped on Tuesday, uh, and it's about defenders. And I, I wrote about the what who I think are the top twenty defenders going into the season. And Ted Firestone posted at our slash Fantasy MLS and just said. Which team defenses do you anticipate take a step forward this year? And which do you anticipate take a step back? So Tim and Parker, uh, I know this one probably just came up. but I just really liked it. I thought it was good. Um, So just real quick, feel free to just give a couple of teams, if you want to,
3: um, who you think is going to be better and who you think is going to be worse. Tim. So you got to start at the top. I think Toronto – and they might not be better, but I don't see them dropping off. So you know they're going to be the top dogs again. Um, I think the Red Bulls have made a lot of fun acquisitions, of course, being a giant homer. Um, and we may see another you know five man back back line, which worked wonders for them last year. Um, Montreal, on the other hand, lost uh, Laurent Simon. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit wary there. Especially uh, with the early season schedule they have, um, and the Chicago Fire have also lost another key center back, uh, Joao Mara. So he's, you know, they have Johan Kapilov still back there, but he was he was the centerpiece for that defense. So I think Chicago may be in for a bit of trouble there if they don't if they're not able to transition to uh, to a, a, a back line without Mara.
4: Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I guess uh, we'll just start and take a look. Looking at like Atlanta United, um, I'm completely terrified by the fact that we don't have like a good number six. Um, and the team only allowed 40 goals last year. I think that Brad Guzan came in and had like eight clean sheets in 14 games. And that just ain't happening again this year. Um, so I think that the, I think that the defenders for Atlanta are going to be good and you're still going to want them, but just don't expect those clean sheets and, and those kind of big points, um, you know, coming out of Guzon and, and some of the other defenders for Atlanta. Um, the other team that I think is going to take a step back is uh, I think Columbus is not going to be quite as, as stout defensively. Um, I guess they only allowed 49 goals last year. Um, and, and you could probably expect that again this year. Um, but I, I, I kind of think that they're just going to be a little bit more iffy um, with all the kind of roster moves that they've made. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a team that could take a big step forward though, just by by the fact that they just shouldn't be as terrible as they were last year as DC. Um, (laughs) They allowed 60 goals last year. And I'm sure that that just had Ben Olson just tearing his hair out. Um, Ben Olson hates goals. And I, (laughs) I think that, I think that you're going to just see a lot, a lot tighter team there in DC, um, and it should be should be kind of an interesting uh, season for them too. So,
1: great, thanks so much, Ted. I hope that answers your question, and uh, we're going to keep moving on to Atlanta. But one thing I want to add, Parker, I got called out last week uh, on Twitter because I put Brad Guzan near the bottom of my deep or my uh, goalkeeper rankings, and the guy was telling about that great run do you think it's a fair comment being the Atlanta expert and supporter that you are? They had that eight game run of home games with, or the, that massive run of home games with all those clean sheets. That is a roster anomaly, just a sweetheart of a deal. And that's where a lot of these clean sheets came for Ross, for, for Guzan and for uh, the defense in general. And I, and I think that's what we can't expect to happen
4: again. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know that it it's, you know, cause that was such a weird, a weird run for them. I think that they played something nuts, like eight games in, in you know, six weeks or something. It was crazy, um, and and it was at home. Um,
3: home and,
1: games against some of the weaker teams in, in the conferences, and when you're getting towards playoffs, when a lot of it's already decided anyway.
4: That that's true. I mean, I I kind of think that, like, on the one hand, you would expect. You would expect to have you know better performances at home, but at the same time, they've they've had they had such a compressed schedule that you'd expect the players also to be more tired, and sure. so like that might kind of play into it. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I think that they, that was such a fluke. I just kind of think that you know if you, I I base my opinion a little bit more just on the kind of expected goals thing, and and the defense was. Um, you know, maybe a little bit lucky last year. I think the expected goals was somewhere closer to 47 or 48 instead of the 40 that they gave up, you know, that's, that's probably, you know, take away, you know, a handful of clean sheets right there. Um, I think that Guzan is still a top keeper in the league. I think most home games you're going to want him for Atlanta, uh, depending on the opponent. Um, But I, I, you know, I don't think that he's going to keep, 17 clean sheets or something you know (laughs) bananas uh just because just because they're at home we'll keep going with your atlanta preview yeah sure so i mean um my kind of general reflection is uh going into the years that they're you know we had an article up on dirty south about uh how they're gambling kind of they're taking a real big risk reward approach especially with uh signing uh Barco. um they they added some nice depth but they play paid a, a heck of a lot of money for an 18 year old winger. Um, I think that Barco has a lot to live up for and filling in for Emil Assad. Who I mean, his output was great last year. He had seven goals and 13 assists. He was everywhere, especially tracking back on defense. Um, and he could play, you know, on that left wing and he could play centrally. And he also had a really good kind of um, relationship with Greg Garza um barco seems seems like he's a little bit more of that winger who's who's going to want to dribble at people he's going to want to score goals he's going to want to shoot more Um, um but so far he hasn't really shown that in preseason um i think he's you know kind of learning his teammates tendencies uh but he he does need to show us something um defensively i think we we touched on it a little bit but there's a new face uh, on the back line with uh, Franco Escobar um, from Argentina. Um, who he's played at center back um, or right back. So kind of depending on if Tata wants to stick with that sort of. He either plays like a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three, um, or with a um, you know a three you know a three-man backline. Um, he could be he could be a good value at five point five, depending on what the formation looks like. Atlanta also added Darlington-Nagby, um, so they finally kind of have, like, that true passer in in kind of um, further back in midfield, and, and he should kind of also help um, Miguel Almiron see more of the ball. Um, teams kind of were able to isolate Almiron a little bit last year, uh, and and he suffered a little bit for it. Um, um, but, you know, I, I think that... Um, the kind of the main thing though with Atlanta, I don't, I'm really like excited for Barco. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. He hasn't really shown us much in the preseason though, and he definitely needs to kind of settle in with his teammates and, and kind of get that relationship. Um, we also haven't seen Greg Garza start, well, we saw him start one game, but he didn't start the last game against Columbus in preseason. Um, and that the left side of the Atlanta attack is really the key. Um, and, and that relationship with Garza is really going to kind of, kind of, uh, I think determine how well he adapts to the team. Um, So in general, I think that it's kind of a a high risk, high reward situation for Atlanta. Like I said, they're looking at starting the season, um, having sold Carlos Carmona. So they're either going to start Chris McCann, um, who uh, just seems lost in central midfield at times, or Jeff Lorenowitz, who is is good, but he's not that destroyer. Um, He's a little bit more of that passing player. Um, so i think that um i think you know there's some things to be excited about but also to be cautious about is my kind of overall uh overall impression do they make the playoffs yeah they're definitely making the playoffs i mean they're either going to be like first or fifth or sixth in the league (laughs) like if if they can sort things out in central midfield they're gonna they're gonna absolutely potentially have a historic year Um, If not, you know, they're going to be really kind of that team that Darren Eel said last year, you know, they're going to either they're going to beat teams by three, three to two or four to two or something. Um, So they're going to kind of have some some crazy games. Um, But, you know, I think I think uh, if you're going to also kind of getting back to the fantasy game, um, I think that you're really going to want almost every Atlanta player week in and week out, except for maybe Darlington Nagby, but he might even see a bump in assists this year. Um, but, you know, your defenders, like Parkhurst, is going to be dependent on clean sheets. I still think Leandro Gonzalez-Perez is, is going to get those bonus points for passing, but you kind of know who you're looking for here with Joseph Martinez, Tito Villalba, Miguel Maron. Um And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm at with Atlanta.
0: Parker, I had a I had a question for you after reading uh, your Atlanta preview, which was really very good. Um, in your expected like lineup, you had Greg Garza very forward. You had him almost almost like a winger forward, uh, but he's listed in the game as a defender. Is he a defender? That's out of position in the fantasy game, And can we expect him getting close to goal, or is that kind of very flexible depending on what Tata wants? I mean,
4: he he's. It'll be kind of interesting. He's definitely a left back, um, and I kind of think that he'll he'll play forward if if they're going to experiment with a three man back line. Um, I think that he'll be a little bit more of that left wing back. But if he's going to be you know back in the, that 3 four two three one, he's going to be a little bit more of, of a left back. But he gets forward a lot. Like it's it's almost it's almost uh, disturbing watching <laughs> Atlanta sometimes how. <laughs> much it seems like they're just going to be caught out all the time, but he can get back quick. He's a fast guy. So all right. Um, one, oh, one more thing to add. Um, Andrew Carlton, I think is listed at 4.5 and he's looked great in preseason and he should see some minutes this year. And he could really be, if, if he kind of takes off and gets some spot starts, he could be a real sneaky way to get some good points. we like to hear
0: Yeah, Tim, people on Twitter. Try to say that, um, he should start over Barco, which I don't know if they're the brave enough to do oh, that yet. <laughs> yeah, not, not happening. <laughs> Tim?
3: Yeah, so uh, one last thought about Atlanta before you jump into Chicago. Um, Atlanta is rowdy and hostile at home, so that's going to be a tough environment for any team to come in and play in, so you got to be looking at them for pretty much almost all of their home games. Um, that being said, moving on to Chicago. So – they had a heck of a year last year, turning it around from being at the bottom of the league to leading the league for a very solid stretch. I like to think that, you know, them bringing in Dax McCarty is was uh, the reason for all their success. <laughs> but, you know, Bastian Schweinsteiger, David Akam, Nikolic, like, they just, they were fantastic. They kind of fell apart a little bit at the end. Uh, team started to figure them out. But, you know, I think they're going to come into the year and be able to sort that out as well. Now, they have lost Akam. They have lost Joao as I mentioned before, um, Michael DeLue is going to be out for what about the first seventeen weeks of the season? So yeah. they've they've lost a little bit in the midfield. Um, but your your big your big players again are going to be uh, Nikolic, McCarty, Schweinsteiger, uh, Solnyak may play more, I guess more regular minutes now, especially with Deleu out. Um, you know, it's it's tough to say that Bastion Feinsteiger isn't going to be one of the top players in the league. I mean, I remember watching him in person last year at Red Bull Arena, and when he has, you know, some legs in him, like, forget about it. He's making plays that I, I only saw Thierry Henry ever make. You know, he's <laughs> he's that freaking good. I um, praise. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, defensively, I think Johan Kapiloff is still going to be a bonus point machine, but. I'm a little hesitant to give him, you know, a huge thumbs up right away until we kind of see if Chicago is able to fix the problems they ran into last year of just getting stonewalled and then killed on the counter. Um, you know, Matt Polster, Brandon Vincent on the fullbacks, they've always been they've always been good point earners from a fantasy perspective, but really that's uh, just gonna come down to whether or not they don't get banged on the counter. Um but, you know, com- compared to the other teams you're going to have me review, guys, I just want to say, you know, I got DC next. Ah, oh, Christ. <laughs> Chicago's <laughs> going to be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, they,
3: uh, they do make the playoffs, yes. I think they do. I think they slot in in the wild card spot, five or six. But, yeah, they make it. Hey, anybody
4: else? Yeah. Tim, they were, they were, like, for a time almost you couldn't score on them in Chicago. Do you think that that's uh, going to be the case again? At any point this year,
3: I th- you know it's yeah every team pretty much has that home field advantage. Um, I don't think it's going to be nearly as rowdy of an environment as you know Atlanta, but yeah, I could see them, uh, especially early on, um, having a bit of an advantage before teams sort of figure out what the pitch situation is there.
0: Yeah, and them getting when they struggle defensively it was when Vincent was out, and now that they have Vincent back, uh, I would expect them to at least get closer to what they had last year. Although I feel like they're going to have a drop-off, just because with this league in the Eastern Conference, if you're not staying fresh and staying ahead, I think sometimes you take a step back.
3: Yep.
4: Yeah. All right, Parker, Columbus. Yeah, what can you say about a team that brings in <laughs> Giazzi <Zardes>? um, So, <laughs> So that kind of sums up what their preseason has been like. It seems like they looked, uh, they looked like they were going to start thinking about tanking to, you know, prepare for a move to Austin in kind of true, you know, scumbag owner fashion. Um, but it kind of seems like that new stadium is up in the air, and they sort of pulled back on that a little bit, maybe. But they brought in Zardes and Mike Grella, um, but they lost, you know, Justin Miram and Ola Kamara. They lost their, I think, two uh, highest scoring players from last year, and it, it definitely, I think, is going to hurt them mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, I, uh, I got to see them, uh, play Atlanta and obviously they, you know, put up a a good score on Atlanta. They beat them three, one, um, in Charleston in a friendly. Um, and I, I kind of think what you're going to see out of them a little bit this year is that they're going to be a little bit more adaptable. Um, it looked like they were, they were sitting back and trying to absorb pressure more than they would have last year. Um, and I kind of think that Greg Burkhalter is going to try to, play a little bit more of defensive style against some teams and try to hit them a little bit harder on the counter. Um, he could just prove me completely wrong though, and decide that he's going to you know stick to just trying to build out of the back, no matter who, who he has on his team um, for the, you know, if you're looking at fantasy options, I think, um, you know, Frederico Guayin, um, at the, uh, you know, 10 is a, that's a fair price for him, but he's got to stay healthy and, Really, if he's out of the lineup, I don't. I don't think you want to pick up a single one of their attacking players. Um, you know, teams. He's he's going to be the, the one who's going to be setting the pace for the team. And without him, I, I really don't have good uh, expectations for them. Um, they signed a new uh, designated player, uh, Milton Valenzuela. Who he's uh, set as a defender, um, but he's he's definitely very attacking. And at, at uh, I think he's at five million. That's a decent price. Um, for defense um, especially if he's kind of moving a little bit further up the pitch kind of see how they're set up um, and then you've got Zach Steffen um, who he's at 5.5 that's not as good of a value as he was last year but he's still solid and nobody's ever gonna convert a penalty on him um, and uh, you know aside from that like I, I don't really see you know they've got Pedro Santos over there on the other side of the wing um, who he's he's gonna be pretty hit or miss Um you know, maybe if you're looking for some solid points, we'll trap at at eight. But you know, um, I I still think there's more attractive options in midfield there. Um, yeah. Kind of um looking and seeing if if uh, they're gonna. I don't have super high hopes for them making the playoffs. I think they're one of these bubble teams where they're going to be a, you know a five or a six seed. Um, but if they make it, they're definitely knocking Atlanta out on on penalties again. Um,
1: it's like a but, self-deprecating prediction here. <laughs>
4: I just ha- I just feel the dread, man. I just I have it. Dino um, in the 96th minute right. for the win. Um, you know, other than that, like I don't really have uh, I don't really have too much to add. I I generally I generally think that that um, this this team will will live and die on on, on Higuain, um, being being healthy and effective. So
1: that's that's like what MLS two thousand sixteen right there. For them, living and dying on <laughs> Higuain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they took a hit with losing several big-name guys, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they can react to it. Anything else?
2: Yeah, I'm going to counter some of what they're saying about Zardes here. Um, just been watching him a little bit as I can in preseason and knowing how this team played with Kamara and Miram. and I know everybody's saying, well, miram has gone, the service is gone, but Zardes has looked kind of like a new player since getting to play uh, center forward with this team. I'm not sure he's a week in and week out type of guy for you, but for me, he's definitely on my watch list. When there's a good matchup, I'm going to give him a run. I'm still playing draft this year, and he's one of those kind of value forwards I'm hoping goes under the radar and slips down a few rounds and pick him up a little later. I'd be willing to probably take him. We're doing an 18-player 18 t- 18 roster, so I'm looking at taking him in the top five, in my top five rounds. Oh, for me. Right. So, so yeah, Zard- I'm, I'm really high on Zardes. I think this experiment at center forward is actually going to turn out really well for him.
1: All right. Hope from Blaine with that, uh, Tim. Now we're going to talk about DC. I know you're so excited, but uh, first Blaine, <coughs> can you read this next Reddit question for us?
2: Yeah. Um, who it caught me off guard. Uh, who asked this one?
0: This was, uh, this was bearded,
2: bearded baller. baller again. He was, Busy last week. He asked, will Alsted be as good for DC as he was for Vancouver in the past?
3: Well, Beard Baller, thank you for the question. Um, Alstead, great keeper, right? I mean, he's he's a solid top-tier MLS goalkeeper. Ben Olsen, you know, Parker said it before, Ben Olsen hates goals. And I would add to that, he hates giving them up, and he hates scoring them. Um, But that being said, I don't see them... Continuing their regression, they're gonna they're gonna rebound and have themselves a nice little solid defensive season, as a DC team usually does. So maybe don't count on him right away. Let's just make sure that the team hasn't completely given up on Ben Olsen and we're gonna see a midseason coaching change. But yeah, keep, definitely keep him on that watch list, and you know throw him in there whenever you need someone who's gonna get you a solid result at home. Um now when I saw that I was assigned DC I uh my first reaction was a
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you know looking at the roster I uh I'm not actually too I'm not too pessimistic about it, you know. They they've added Yamil Assad, who was great out on the wing for Atlanta. I mean, they've got attacking options, you know. Luciano Acosta is a very talented, creative player. You've got Paul Arioli, you've got Assad, now you've got Stiber. I mean, and you know, Mullins is good for at least one hat trick a season, and then you know a bunch of two pointers after it. But if you can get him for that hat trick, you're golden. So I think that where DC gets killed this year is in the Central and defensive midfield. If they can't get it together in front of that back line, there's nothing that Steve Birnbaum and company is going to be able to do, even though they have added Frederick Brion. I mean, it's just it all comes down to the central midfield for that team. And I think Ben Olson, as much as I despise the team, I think he's a solid coach who knows what he's doing. And he's going to get the team back back on the right, back on the right track here. Do they make the playoffs? No, they finish in last, of course. Uh no. Um, I think they finish I don't know, they're another bubble team, man, just like Columbus. It's it really just comes down to whether or not they can win those low scoring games that they're gonna have. DC. Even Parker's dog agrees with me. Like DC <laughs> is just not not the team. They're not they're not gonna come number one. I'll tell you that much. Not in the East, anyway.
1: Yeah, I think one's a stretch, but uh, no, I, I agree. I think they have a lot of attacking potential, and if if it's going to be that defensive area that could get them... Um
0: and that. they're also super cheap uh, attacking assad's only eight which i was kind of shocked when i saw you know mullins yeah. at 7.5 maddox at 7.5 acosta 8.5 Ariola eight like when you look at like compare yeah. lineups like that's like one of the cheapest um, deals you can get so i mean if they do get it all together that could be a real source of value
3: if they can add some sort of top tier forward then i um, think they have is. patrick
0: mullins they don't need another pop <laughs>
3: <laughs> A top tier every week forward not just the one week where he scores 37 points and the one guy that how dare, on dare at you from sir beginning of the season how the one dc you, fan <laughs>
0: dare you spicable red bull scum <laughs> <laughs>
3: You Red Bull (laughs) scum.
1: All right. Well, okay. Next thing we have up is Montreal with Parker. And, uh, Mike, I believe we have a question first.
0: Oh, we have a question for Montreal? Is this question just like how bad is this game? Uh, No. Um, Hudson Hornet, um, I like that name. Uh, uh, Jason Vargas is someone who has not been given a lot of media attention, but it's been said that he has almost Barco-level potential. What are your thoughts on him, and how do you think he'll impact Montreal? See what you did there. <laughs> Love it. Year.
4: Yeah, So um, Barca level potential. I'd want to know who said that, um, but I, you know, I, I saw this question and I, I looked at a couple highlight videos of him, and their highlight videos. So you know, despite the horrible techno music. Um, it seems like he's a good winger and, you know, he's got what you want. He's got close ball control. He's decent from range. Um, how that translates to Montreal, I don't know because um, this team is going to finish last. Oh, um, the big move that they made was not resigning, you know, one of their best players um, was Amali. Um, and, you know, I they lost, they lost Simon, but I don't really think that that's that big of a, a loss for this team they finished ninth ninth with him so how bad could they be without him um you know wow. in central midfield they added uh, an algerian national team player um safir uh Tidere, um and maybe he'll be good but i i really don't know um i really don't know what this team's plan was um you know i think that they had some departures i think that you know they sold suman or they traded traded him away um and they decided that this was gonna be a year rebuild and maybe they're looking at the summer transfer window and they have some more moves planned. Um but um you know, their kind of big um their their other big move this year is they have a new you know, they have a new coach, they're coached by Remy Guard, um, who gloriously led Aston Villa to re- relegation. Um so at least they can't get sent down in MLS. Um you know, I I I look at this team though, and I I just don't know what the plan is. I don't really get what they're trying to put together there. Um, you know, I, I still think that, uh, Nacho Piatti is going to get his points when he's healthy. Um, he's 33 years old now though. And, uh, as I'm approaching that age in my life, I can tell you that things start slowing down quite a bit. (laughs) Um, but you know, he's still going to get those points and he's going to be the focal point of their attack. Um, and, um, I, I, think that, you know, depending on the matchup, he's probably a good pick, um, at forward, uh, Mancoso, I think could be a good value against the right team. I think he's at seven and, um, petite at, at central defensive midfield. Um, you know, he might have some, some good sneaky points just cause teams are going to be just coming right at him all game long, going straight through him so he can get some good defensive bonus points. Um, like I said, this team's not making the playoffs, Um, and in general, um, I think you maybe look at Piotti, but, uh, I I really kind of want to see what this team looks like before I start kind of dropping 10.5 on a player. Um, even, even like one, like Piotti, um, I guess, um, my overall prediction for them is that, um, Remy guard is going to be overcome by the heat of the balmy Canadian summer and leave during the world cup break. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh,
3: nothing else.
0: I have some piate stats if y'all want. Okay. Um, the Piatti, um without Zamali last year was like night and day. Um, when Zamali was on the field, he averaged 9.92 fantasy points over 14 games. When uh, Zamali was out, only 5.1 over 12. Um, Piotti only hit double digits twice without P- uh, Zamali, whereas he hit... Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh he hit seven or four over in in twelve. Like it was just like look at the numbers and compare and contrast with Zamali. It's just a totally different player. He's not gonna be worth 10.5 right now. There's just no other support. Uh and I don't think Vargas I, I mean, he's got forty-four appearances over the past three years. I don't think he's Barco. All
1: right, Barbie Ware, Tim, New England Revolution.
3: I mean you say buyer beware. This is a team that you really <laughs> got to be careful with. I mean, do we even know what Lee Wynn is doing right now? I mean. Playing with a frown on his face. Yeah, this is a team that got completely blown up. I mean, Kai Kamara, Xavier Kowasi, Gershon Coffee, Angoa, forget it. I mean, it's, they blew up the whole team, right? And bringing in a completely new coach, Jay Heaps is out, Brad Friedel is in it's it's tough to say whether or not this is going to be a team that you can rely on from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, Lee Wynn, if he's in, he's going to get you the bonus points. But, you know, Diego Fagundes had a great year last year, but when things started to fall apart, he kind of checked out a little bit. Um, you know, Kellen Rowe, it's uh, Juan Ogudelo up top. These are all guys who – are very streaky, you know, or can go through slow spells. And Lee Wynn is really the only guy that I can look at this roster and say, he's a guy that I would have if he's at home. Um, but other than that, I mean, maybe Delamea if he's, if, he, if we're going up against a uh, pretty bad offensive team, if DC comes to visit, for example. So, um, it's... It's too tough to maybe Brad Friedel comes in and pulls a Jesse Marsh and just out of nowhere the team is fantastic. I don't know, you know, it's it's Um, too tough to tell. I won't trust anybody. I won't trust anybody from this team early on. Blaine, I think you wanted to say something
2: though. Yeah, um, I think Friedel got quoted on Twitter today or something that even though Lee wins back, he's going to have to compete and show that he wants his starting job back. Uh, You're saying. I, I, not to question his leadership or anything, but if you're telling me your best player has now got to fight for his starting role because he said he wanted to be traded and they're threatening to bench him because that's the way that's going to come across to anybody in the outside world is they're threatening to bench their star player. Um, this team may be in a lot of trouble if they do that because I don't know how many how the other players would react to are really their best player getting thrown aside to make a statement.
3: Yeah,
4: it's, Yeah. It's yeah. going to be interesting... Um, with Friedel because I think his past coaching experience was like at the U19 national team level, and it is much, much different, obviously, kind of in the Lee Win situation kind of shows that coaching,
3: coaching pros as opposed to, to kids who are trying to get into, um, you know,
4: a national team.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they've, they, they have no chance this year because every team has a chance, right? But um, playoff expectations, I don't, I don't have many, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> not not with a team that's rebuilding like new England is
0: well let, let me ask the question if Lee Wynn, um gets benched or you know gets traded who fills in for the 10 spot
3: uh, maybe I'll suit up and go up there <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah I mean I've seen like Fagundes yeah. and Roe like alternating like at different points who's going to be the lead for that spot um, I, I from what I've seen like Roe would be the better but I don't neither of them really inspire a whole lot of confidence in that particular role for me.
1: Exactly. I mean, Where they I they could try try to go with, with Roe. I they've without having Kamara or someone there, they've really lost the ability to try to play on the wings and bomb something into the middle. So it I mean, he's the linchpin. Yeah. He really is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now we're gonna move on to New York City FC. Parker's gonna take this one, but Blaine is gonna ask the question first.
2: Yeah, so Vinny Cash 007 asked if if Great New York name. is What was that? Great name. Great name. Okay. Um yeah, if New York is blue then what the heck did New York City FC do? Uh help me figure out how Maxi and Via, Via can lead the team to the top. If Via gets hurt at any time during the season, then what?
4: Yeah, well, Vincent, money, James Bond. I got, I got an answer for you. I guess maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as kind of like how they're gonna, how they could lead the team to the top, you know, they're via is an absolute stud in this league, um, and you know, they um, they could definitely. I, I think that the problem with them is is just going to be in the back line again. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know that they've kind of made all the moves to um, to kind of overtake either Toronto or Atlanta um, in the East. Um, they've made some nice moves, but but nothing that really seems like it's going to put them over the top. Um, and I, I think that it's just really, really hard to play really consistent um, good soccer in Yankee Stadium. Um, Mike will probably fight me about that, but um, we'll let Mike talk at the end. <laughs>
0: Mike, Mike can give his. Uh, I'm just sitting here stewing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, so you know, I, I don't know. Like, and as far as what happens if Villa gets hurt, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, the the answer must be just not score goals and play a false nine. Um, you know, I think that they added some depth pieces, um, but I, I, I don't know. Um, he's, you know, he's been the the core of their team, um, the whole time that they've been in MLS, uh, you know, they they're almost the NYC FC David Vias, um, but kind of, uh, that was for you, Mike. Um, so in general, you know, I kind of think the pigeons they had a nice off season, uh, You know, and they they seem ready to finish um, third behind uh, Toronto and Atlanta in the East again, though. Um, You know, they sold Jack Harrison. They got a fancy-footed Paraguayan-designated player. Uh, I wonder where they got that idea from. Um, But they they brought in Jesus Medina uh, to slot in on the wing. Aside from that, they haven't been, you know, super active in kind of making improvements. Um, And I think that they're just really hoping uh, to – uh, you know, ride the ageless wonder David David Villa uh, to another, to another, uh, you know, second or third place finish in the East. Um, you know, as far as who you're looking for, obviously Villa, he's uh, near must own. Um, he's always at the right place at the right time. Um, and then otherwise uh, I think Medina should be a great option for them. Um, he's at, you know, I think nine. Um, so he'll be something of a risk, but I, I think that if, uh, if you're kind of looking for him to replace those kind of stats that Harrison put up last year, it's probably, probably pretty fair. Um, He's not quite as much of a a bargain as Harrison was though. Um, And then Maxi Morales, I think uh, he had a monster year last year, and I think he'll probably take another step forward, especially in terms of fantasy points. Um, uh, You know, he's been in the year, the league for a year. um, And I think 9.5 is, is a pretty great price for him. Um, And then you know, I, I think you're going to pass on on Alexander Ring at eight, um, and then defensively, I just think it's hard to keep a clean sheet in Yankee Stadium. Um, it, you know that pitch is so narrow; it just seems like the ball just always falls <laughs> in dangerous places, uh, and a lot of random goals just kind of uh, kind of get scored. Um, but Alexander uh, Kyanz is pretty decent at five point five, and he had the most of any um, the most points of any defender at that price point, so he he should be a good shout. Um, they added, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm interested to see what um, Ismail Tayori uh, does. Uh, he came from the Austrian league as a winger, and maybe he can back up via some, um, but the players from leagues like Austria or Switzerland, they've been pretty hit or miss in MLS. Um, so I'm interested to see if he pushes, you know, kind of Rodney Wallace um, or, is, or is a suitable backup for via. But at 7.5, he could be a really good, cheap way to get into the the New York attack. Um, You know, I guess kind of my overall takeaway is is I'm pretty sure that they're going to finish second behind Atlanta. Okay.
1: Um, You know what? No one else gets to talk now. Mike.
0: All right. Uh, Parker, um, amazing. Everything you just said was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this guy. Uh, yeah, I know we got got quit Star Wars. Um so l- let me see. Let's start. So, um New York City you, s- you said New York City hadn't done a lot. What they did over the offseason was a lot of depth moves. Um I think the main one of the main places they got was um behind David Via. Uh, we talked about Tahori. Uh they also brought in uh Burget or Burget um from Malmo uh as kind of a backup forward. So there's like two good or decent options, international options. I you know, I haven't seen them a whole lot. I don't know how g- good they are. But at least there's two more options behind David Villa. Um, one of the key signings that kind of goes under the radar isn't, quote, really a signing, but they've got uh, Yano Herrera back. Um, I mean, this is a guy who's guarded Messi in international play, done very well. He and Alexander Ring uh, are a very good defensive midfield, although I don't think at their price points they're great Um fantasy options um i don't know rare at 6.5 maybe uh can can get in there um but just up and down there's a whole lot of depth i mean just bringing in medina instead of Andrea pirlo is like one of the greatest upgrades humanly possible um you know instead of having just dead weight on the bench you're now going to have a dp level player even if he doesn't meet the highest of expectations he's still going to be a pretty good improvement uh for the squad so you know up and down you know they brought. Uh, on, on the back line, I, I really don't have any concerns at all. Um, while I, I think Parker's right, uh, clean sheets aren't the easiest thing at Yankee sh- Stadium. Uh, they're going to have Moderita back, who's missed most of last year with injury. He's a very good offensive uh, player. Collins, we know from last year, scored a lot of goals. So you have some really good um, defenders who you don't have to depend on clean sheets there, uh, maybe more than some other defenders. Uh, and then there's a whole lot of depth back there. Probably the b- more concern on the back line from a fantasy perspective is rotation. Um, I mean, think they, they really can go, you know, too deep. You know, Ab- Abdul Salam was brought in from Sporting Kansas City. Uh, they brought in a whole bunch of guys. Terrell Holm, Hudonji, Ho- uh, I, I, I can't do anything close on that name, but um, – and then Jonathan Lewis uh, is another forward option that I think is probably going to get a lot more playing time uh, coming off of his rookie year. So, I mean, there's a lot of depth for New York City. Um, and I I, th- I think this team is probably going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference, or at least competing uh, strongly with Toronto. I, I think with Atlanta not having a defensive midfielder, um, I think they're going to be in a tier below NYCFC in, in Toronto. So now to answer the question as far as Dodd-Via, yeah. I mean, the team is going to be worse without Dodd-Via because Dodd-Via is been the best player the second best player in the league since he got here um so yeah any team who's going to lose their best score is going to struggle but new york city is more prepared this year than any year they have been in the past to deal without him and they've added you know with medina and and the other players they've got a lot more depth and players around him to hopefully be even more dynamic attack than they were last year i
4: said all that stuff to set mike up (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's what it was. Oh, I know, you, you're <laughs> just trolling
4: and, in, in
1: my own notes where it said Other brief comments, I just wrote Mike So that's
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Well, now let's move on to the other New York team uh, New what? York Red Bulls uh, Tim, of course, you're going to get this one But first, Mike, you get to ask this question
0: I didn't know we had another New York team uh, But all right, uh, let's see We <laughs> have two questions, um, both from your man uh, Tim Vinny Cash Double Cash All right, so the first one is What do you think of the loss of Gonzalo Varong? And then the second one. Well, let me let me ask. Let me have you answer that one first, and then I'll ask the second one. What do you think sure. of the loss of Gonzalo overall?
3: So, from a fantasy perspective, not a big loss at all. I mean, he was a guy that came off the bench and you know scored some goals here and there, but you can't bring him in and start him. Unfortunately, for fantasy, unless he's guaranteed a starting spot, for the team, I think it was unfortunate that he <coughs> didn't really ever have a chance to truly succeed. You know, injuries kind of killed him out of the gate two seasons in a row and you know once you miss out on those first couple of months when the team is really starting to come together it's it's really really tough to find your find yourself uh, a role within the squad and he managed to do that last year finally with some really really clutch goals um you know sorry reed for that finish to that cincinnati game but yeah 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 um, you know, I I think it was it was unfortunate that he didn't have as much success that he as he could have. We all saw how talented he was, but um, you know, I wish him all the best.
0: All right, and then the second question is uh the Red Bulls send away Sasha Kalushon. So how he wrote Jaju, but I'm pretty sure he means Kaku. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alejandro Romero Gamara fit into the offense style that Jesse looked to implement once Royer regained full strength in 2017. Royer, BWP, and Adams will be scoring threats. Question mark.
3: So the question, the second question, I'll get into a little bit with my review. But um, how will Kaku fit in? He's been with the team for some time now, and he's more central, um, but he has played a bunch out on the wings as well. So I, I think. You know, we are stacked out on the wings right now between Tyler Adams, Danny Royer, Kamar Lawrence, you know, if we do end up playing the 3-6-1 that we played last year. but So I see him kind of being more central. But if we're looking to get Sean Davis and and his defensive prowess in there, I could see him sliding out to one of the wings as well. Um, But, yeah, so thanks for the question, Benny. Appreciate it. Um, And then just to dive in, my my preseason thoughts here, um, this team is deep, man. You know, you lose Soch, sure, but you replace him with a a young, exciting DP player. And the the team just has so much depth, so much depth that has played solid MLS minutes before. I mean, right now, my starting lineup is Bradley Wright-Phillips up top. In the attacking midfield, you've got Royer, Adams, and Kaku. Um, in the defensive midfield, central midfield, I've, you've got Zukowski and Felipe, and then the back line is Colin Long and Murillo, and you have Lawrence kind of out on the left wing in the, the weird 3-6-1 or 4-2-3-1 that they might play. Um, you notice that Sean Davis, Alex Moyle Derek Etienne are all not in that lineup. Neither are um, Carlos Rivas or any of the other names that they've added this year. You've got uh, Redding. You potentially have Tim Parker coming in. Um, You've got Vince Bezicourt from RBNY 2 who's scored a bunch of goals in the preseason. Connor Laid, greatest human being ever. He's not going to make the starting lineup on this team. I mean, the team is just that deep. Um, Week one, don't play any of them because they don't actually have a game. Because the MLS, for whatever reason, just decided to only bring in one team this season, so we are the odd team out. But I, uh, I, I do think that this is a team that's going to be very, very strong and very healthy. Um, you know, you're not going to have a huge drop off if it, if a guy gets injured. It's next man in. So I, I'm really looking forward to this season. Um, key fantasy players: Bradley Red Phillips up top. Danny Royer is going to be doing all the penalty kicks until he loses that job. Tyler Adams is a phenom. He's going to have a breakout year. I think Kamar Lawrence on the back line. He's playing for a European contract. So he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. If you need a good defensive midfielder at home and you can afford it, go with Felipe. Um, and Aaron Long's a stud, man. You know, he's gonna be your center back that you want. And of course, you know, the MLS Iron Man, Luis Robles in goal. <laughs> There's some good value there on defense. Yeah man, I was shocked that Long came in at 5.5 and I mean Chris Armas, look what he did with Matt Miaska. Look what he did with Aaron Long in just one season. Tommy Redding is a talented player. I think he's going to do really really well for the Red Bulls, assuming he even gets minutes because this team is that deep. Anybody else want to add to that?
0: Oh, uh, one thing to mention to the Red Bulls and we, we didn't mention this at the top or in the Western Conference. Um, probably one of the reasons they're getting the buy this week is that they have CCL duty. Um, they, FC Dallas, Colorado, Toronto, and who's the other one I'm missing? Um, I'm, I'm missing one that I'll think of later, but um, yeah, so sport, um, CCL starts this week and they'll have it the week before. That's probably one of the reasons why they're having a buy. So if they advance on that one, um, we may see some fixtures moved around for, the, for them.
1: Yep, good good point. Uh, next we have Orlando City. Parker, this one's for you, but uh, Blaine, what's our Reddit question?
2: Uh, Fladoodler18 asks, are any Orlando defenders you guys big on? Or are there any Orlando defenders you guys are big on?
4: Um, you know, I guess that there are probably some prison guards who are good at defending in Orlando and based on their players and fans, extracurricular activities, you might look at those guys. Oh, no, you know, not really. I don't know. Like I look at this team though, um, and they made some really good moves. I think that they're going to be a lot better, but looking at their backline, you know, I look at, they have seven or eight starting caliber defenders. None are really like I, that I look at in our studs. Um, who you're going to want to start every single week. Um, so I'm going to go based on the matchups there and kind of, you know, I want to feel out and see kind of who's getting the starts uh, and what that backline is actually going to look like, just because I, I think that there could be um, a lot of, of rotation and, and kind of a lot of Jason Christ trying to figure out what actually works um, on his backline. I think he has a really good idea about what he wants to do going forward, but maybe not so much in defense. Um, but, you know, I mean, I just go based on the matchups and uh, hope that the Diamond doesn't get blown up again for six goals against Philly. Um, you know, today they even just went out and signed uh, another center back. They signed a 30-year-old center back from uh, who played with Werder Bremen um, named Lamani Sane. Um, so, you know, I, I really don't know who's going to be starting there to start the season. I don't know if you okay. guys have any other thoughts.
2: Yeah, I want I'll switch up the question and get a little bit different answer from you. Um, what do you think of this defense as a whole given rolling transfers and all these guys hovering around that five, five and a half? I mean, Spectre is yeah, only 5.5 million. So let's just go defense as a whole, assuming you say you want to take one, two, or three of these guys and just grab who's starting. What do you think there?
4: Yeah, I, I kind of think that if uh, you're doing that, I, I would probably look more towards the – you know, your your left backs and your right backs, Toya um, and El Mounier, um, I think that they're probably also a little bit more likely to start. Um, but so if you're kind of looking at Toya's at 5 mil, um, and then El Munir's is, is at the same price, um, you know, I think that Christ is really going to want to kind of go after it and play really attacking soccer. And I think that those guys could be in for, for getting some good, kinda, you know, attacking bonuses and, and some, some assists here and there. Um, so that's kind of where I would lean. Um, I, I, I still think that, that they're going to have a lot of flux and I, I just don't think that they're going to, you know, it's not good for cohesion. It's not going to gel well just to start things off. I, I'd still sit back and wait and see who's going to be getting those starting minutes. Make the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah. I nope. think, uh, as it breaks my, breaks my Atlanta heart. Um, Breaks my southern heart. Um, yeah, I, I think that they'll probably make the playoffs. You kind of look at this team and, you know, somehow or another, they've managed to make, make it easier to hate them by getting Sasha in. Um And they've, you know, um, I think it's a great move for them. They, they uh, went on and uh, have a legitimately tier one flopping crybaby who can get fake assists um, to go along with Dom Dwyer, who's kind of that other tier one flopping crybaby. Um, but in all seriousness, though, I think that they do have uh, some really good pieces going forward. I think that they could be um, really dangerous and, and question kind of being, you know, if, if they're going to play the diamond and if he's playing sitting behind two strikers and doesn't have as much of a defensive kind of responsibility and isn't going to need to you know press as much as he was in New York, I think that that could actually kind of uh, help him out a lot. Um, and, and you might even see more assists. I just don't. I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Dwyer kind of took a big step back last year. They have the number one scorer from NASL and Stefano Pino, um, and at six, he could be a great sleeper. Um, so that's kind of something to look out for. Um, you know, I, I like I said, um, I I it really does kill me though that so many good things happen to this team in the off season. Um, <laughs> just why um you know from from an atlanta standpoint i guess but it should be fun to watch too i'm, I'm actually kind of kind of excited for uh for seeing seeing what they put together anybody else
2: a uh, little injury note i'll take mike's job for him uh dom dwyer's got a hamstring issue and is questionable for the first game they don't know if he's going to be back to full fitness for the start of the season
4: yeah, so in I that case, I think you definitely take a hard look then at, at Stefano Pino at, at sixth, um, especially for a switcheroo.
0: Right. So, so is Tim going to defend Sasha Kleshin? I, mean, he, he, I mean, first of all, I'm just really <laughs> glad that we're going to do a podcast and we bash Atlanta and it's not my fault and I'm not going to get the Orlando Twitter <laughs> response. So, but,
3: <laughs> you know, I... <sighs> I had a weird interaction on the street with Sacha once, so that's what I really <laughs> not, not even joking. Walked back from a match one night, and I see him limping. You know, he's, he's limping a little bit. You know, he got he get he got he got his ass beat a little bit. You know, in New York, so you know, guys are following him all the time. So I see him limping. He's he's with uh, you know a significant other. I'm with my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, Sacha, you know, uh, thanks for uh, you know thanks for such a great game tonight. And he like was like startled and like gave me like a weird look and just like stammered out like uh thanks and then like crosses the street and then yells back like thanks for the support uh, it was just <laughs> it was weird you well, probably got so, used to a
0: nice red bulls fan
3: yeah you know, you know i mean he, he saw my facial hair he got real jealous and uh, i don't know man
0: so so you're so, not on first name basis like you are with brad
3: oh me and brad we go like, way back <laughs> and and I, and I was hanging out with his brother in a bar more than once, actually, so you know I've, I've had drinks with Sean. it's good times man the The right Phillips brothers are just just delightful.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, that needs to go in the intro <laughs> <laughs> all right Tim we'll we'll tell us the delightful things about Philadelphia Union
3: actually um. You know, I think there, there are a lot, a lot of delightful things you can say about Philly this year, which is something that I haven't been able to say the last couple of years. Um, you know, they've got CJ Sapong, who had a breakout year. He's with the U.S. men now, and they've got David Akam. Fafa is one of the fastest people I've ever seen, and he's an explosive kind of player. You've got, you know, uh, my man crush, Harris Medunian in, in the defensive midfield, along with Alejandro Bedoya. I mean, really, the only thing they're missing is a number 10. I mean, they've got El Seno, but, you know, he's he didn't do so hot uh, last year. Um, but I think there's a lot to like about this Philly team this year. Um, you know, you've got uh, MLS fantasy favorite Jack Elliott in the back. Um, you have 2016 MLS fantasy favorite uh, Rosenberry out on the back in the back as well um andre Blake and net uh, there there are a lot of things to like about this team man um you know it's can they get it together can the four two three one survive in a league that has kind of moved on past it a little bit um I don't know we'll see but i'm I'm kind of excited to see Philly play even though they do consider the Red Bulls their rivals and, and we we don't but You know, I mean, God, like, we'd rather just blow right by Philly and go on down to beat DC's ass. But you know, I guess we'll stop in Philly and do the same to them. But I mean, yeah. So there's there's a lot to like. I uh, if they can get it together and really start to string together those last few key passes, I mean, they're gonna put a lot of balls in the back of the net. Playoffs. It's tough, man. The East is kind of deep this year, right? Like, I, I don't know, I. They're they're definitely bubble contenders, you know, five, six, but geez, I mean, look how many, look how many good teams we have. I mean, we just had Parker say Orlando is going to make it. So that's like not eight out of 10 or 11 teams (laughs) that are going to be making the playoffs. (laughs) So they're going to be, they're going to be in the, they're going to be in the hut. I'll I'll give them that much. Anyone else?
0: Um, On a quick injury note, I'm going to take my job back from uh, Blaine. Uh, (laughs) Ilsenio's got a a hamstring injury, so that means they're less of a number 10 than normal. Uh, The player I've seen slotted in there, and I think I got this from the Philadelphia Union Fantasy Balls preview, is uh, Najim, who's a 5.5 midfielder. Um, I like the sound of a 5.5 number 10, so there might be something to keep an eye on.
1: I it. Parker, take us home with uh, Toronto.
4: Yeah, so, you know, what is there really to say about Toronto? You know, they had a historic year, year last year. And, um, you know, luckily for them, uh, they should be able to bounce back. And, uh, you know, Josie and, and Michael Bradley won't have the World Cup to distract them, so it should be a solid year for them again. Ouch. Um, just pouring the salt right in. Just put it right in there. Um, you know, I think the only, the only big kind of roster moves they made is, is they got rid of um, Stephen Betashore um who was probably their most replaceable player and they brought in um you know a dutch player uh, gregory vander vanderval um, and they gave him the number nine jersey to play you know uh, right back um, so they clearly have big hopes for him um, they also seem to be on the verge of uh, signing an attacking midfielder um from spain um, i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best with this one um uh, a um so I think they're going to just keep getting better a while, you know, you see uh, kind of some other teams that have, have kind of not really made those sorts of improvements, um, fantasy players that, you know, who you're looking at here, uh, you know, Giovinco, Josie, um, Victor Vasquez is going to be kind of interesting. He'll be a little bit, I think of a tougher decision for some managers every week um, this year uh, at he's at 10.5, but I think that that's a fair price for him. And if he can keep his production up from last year, he'll be a good option just about every week. Um, you know, Michael Bradley, uh, last year he had, uh, four points more than Josie in the game and he's a, and he's uh, one mil cheaper. Um, so you kind of look at that production, uh, and maybe you kind of weigh that if you're kind of trying to decide on a, uh, on a Toronto player and you're not too sure. You know, if you want to chase the goal or get that steady production, um, you know, the, the only kind of, uh, caution that I have is, you know, I don't know that Justin Morrow, um, comes back and, and puts out that same goal toll that he had last year. Although, you know, he did have, you know, three years ago, he had two goals, followed that up with five, followed that up with eight. So maybe he'll get 11 this year because that's how (laughs) fantasy works. Um, in general, you know, I mean, they're going to be kind of threatening for for another repeat as uh, Supporter Shield winners um, and, uh, you know, definitely going to be threatening to go back to MLS Cup.
1: Uh, Parker, you don't have to worry. This podcast is a safe space when it comes to player name pronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anybody else? Final thoughts on Toronto? Get a treble repeat.
4: I mean, they were really good last year, but they still couldn't beat Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
1: Spoken like a true Atlanta fan.
0: Well, I I, th- I think th- they did really outperform their expected goals last year. I, I think they'll still be good. I think they'll still contend for the top three um, in the East with New York City and Atlanta. Um, I, I don't think we'll see quite the same. Now, as far as the trouble, I mean, they're pretty much handed the Canadian championship. You might as well do it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, and like, like Parker said, they have a lot of international players who won't be going anywhere this summer. Thanks, Michael and Josie. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think they'll definitely be strong. I think they'll definitely contend for the shield, but I think they got lucky with the draw in the playoffs. So I think they do not win the most cup.
1: All right. Well, thank you guys for all those insights for the Eastern conference teams. Uh, A lot of great players to choose from Uh, final comments before we wrap everything up tonight, Tim. Uh, anything,
3: uh, just good luck to everybody this season. Uh, I what are we, uh, one week, two days, 15 hours, 10 minutes, and one second away from the uh 2018 fantasy <laughs> season? So, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, guys.
4: Parker, yeah, this season really just can't start soon enough. Um, I, I really am pretty excited about it,
1: Blaine.
2: Yeah, there's been a little bit of talk for all you draft players out there that draft MLS is struggling this year. Operating costs have inflated. I think it was a little more popular last year than they were anticipating. And they are not sure they're going to be bringing it back. So if that is something you're really into, go check out their website. I think they're doing a crowdfunding thing to try to keep that going. I've played a homebrew league and I've played over there. I'm going to be continuing with my homebrew league, but I like doing my draft coverage for Fantasy Boss. But if we're not going to have a platform to play it on, is that something you guys want me to continue doing? I'm throwing that out to the community there. But if you like Draft MLS, <laughs> I know they could use the support. I'm trying to help them out as much as I can and get the word out and give them a little bit of funding as well to see if we can keep this going because it's a fun part of the game that MLS doesn't have yet. So go check it out.
0: Mike? I'm um, going to have like a one random general comment that I didn't get to fit in here. I really feel like the defensive midfielder has got- super high price ranges like like michael bradley's like nine million this year which is just crazy to me when, like ring herrera uh, guys like that were really expensive just kind of a random thought uh on like the announcement shout outs thing um it's kind of a weird one um i gave up twitter for lent so <laughs> if you can send me um injuries i would really appreciate it like i sometimes like i will dive in and if you at me or like mention me like with a question um, I'm more than happy to respond. I will get it. But yeah, I'm not as uh, aware of stuff. So I really use your help in like letting me know about injuries uh, and that. And if you're looking for an injury, I've made it very easy for you to find it. I, with every team, I have a hashtag for them now. So it's first three initials, like for instance, Philadelphia, hashtag PHI injury news. So it should be a little bit easier for y'all to find uh, the injury stuff uh, on Twitter. So yeah, go ahead and... Um, Check that out and help me out. Appreciate it.
3: Will we be running into any New York Rangers injury issues if we do NYR?
0: I mean, you, you know what? You're right. I'll, I'll probably just go ahead and make it NJR just to be a little bit more <laughs> good accurate. Idea. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ouch, ouch. Ouch. Sit down, boys. Right
1: now, I think uh, I'm going to say New York is purple, so we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, thank you, everyone, for coming out tonight. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you did not catch the Eastern or the Western Conference preview, uh, please look back through SoundCloud or whatever streaming that you're using to, uh, to find our, our podcast from last week. Uh, lots of great previews as you're building your teams. We will have a, uh, a round one episode coming out pretty soon. So uh, get excited. Fantasy's almost back. Look at these free viewing options you have. No excuse not to be able to make some good teams, at least for round one. Can't wait to see them. Good luck.